Hello, you are tuning into Media Soundwave. My name is Heather Cassidy, and today I'm joined by these lovely ladies over here. I'm joined by Judith Quinn, a vocal, if it's a vocal confidence coach. Yes. Uh, from and her company's called Your Whole Voice, and we have Marianne Page, who is the CEO and founder of Marianne Page Limited. Thank you very much for joining us. Great Thank to be you. here. Today we are going to be discussing how to be a manager. Now, you may end up being a manager for various different reasons. You may have applied for that position. You may have been in a company a long time and it was just the natural step to take the next, the next rank up the ladder. You may have ended up in that position because somebody else has left or people have been taken on that you need to train underneath you and you have the experience in that position. But it doesn't necessarily mean you have the experience to be a manager or the training providers. So we want to be able to help people with that and give people a bit more confidence and know how to get training to help you with your role and help others. So ladies, can you tell me a bit more about Mariam, about what you do? Well, my background is McDonald's, um, who you may or may not know, have a fantastic reputation for training and developing managers. You know, they've got a manager's development program and so on. And when I left um, McDonald's, I was looking what on, earth, what on earth did I learn at McDonald's that other businesses don't do? And there were, there were two things really. One was systems, because McDonald's have a system for everything. Mm -hmm. And the other was the development of people, um, really at every level of the business. So I now help, well, business owners with a growth and scale mindset is probably the best way to, to talk about them, to get those two things in place, to put the systems in place, and then to develop the great teams to run them. Okay, fantastic. And Judith, tell me a bit more about the work that you do. So I work with leaders and importantly, especially for, for today, emerging leaders. So people who want to take leadership and help them find their voice so that they can communicate with clarity, with confidence and with conviction and also with, with caring because often as a, as a leader, as a manager, yeah. it's mm. about that communication. And if colleagues are communicating yeah. clearly mm. with each other, it saves managers a hell of a lot of hassle, but if managers are clear in their communication, then everyone knows what's expected. So I help people really connect to that leadership position and that the leader within themselves. So how Brilliant. would you explain, both of you, how would you explain the difference between a leader and a manager? Oh, crikey. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think we can all be leaders because we can all lead our our projects and everyone can take leadership on something. If you're a manager, then you generally have you have that team under you, and it's I suppose it's bringing leadership into management. Because if I you're leading, you're taking the team taking then. the team with you. People are born natural leaders. Yeah. I think yeah. some people have that as a natural thing yeah. about. Yeah, I, I agree with Judith, com Judith completely that it's that that. The idea would be to have leaders at every at every level, and sometimes, uh, well, in fact, a lot of the time, people are chosen because they are really good at what they do, rather than because they have good leadership skills, yeah. and they you know they naturally are able to bring people with them. And from my point of view, in an ideal world, you'd always look for the leaders and then train them to be managers, um, particularly in this day and age, because. You know the, the uh, I'm not very good at my names, but the millennials maybe yeah. <laughs> they you know they want to know why they're doing things. They they're very keen to to be engaged. Them. Yeah, they they want to be engaged and they want to um, you know feel valued. And you know the the old industrial age of managers. You know, I say jump, you say how high. That just 
it just doesn't work these days. And the, 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 that's why I guess part of the reason millennials jump from job to job to job. Yeah. And I also I think managers, that, it's about <coughs> managing, if, every, if a manager gives the leadership within the team, and for me, from what I've seen, is a, good, a manager is there to manage a situation. Yeah. So, right, this is the result we need, and they can allocate, and if something goes wrong, the manager is there to manage it, yeah. rather than that thing yeah. that Marianne yeah. was saying about, yeah, yeah I say jump, it's, it's, you say yeah. how high. Yeah, it's like the management of the resources, but then, you know, it, it, Lao Tse Tung said way back when um, that lead your team so that when we when they achieve their goal they'll say that they did it not that you not yeah. that you led them to do it <laughs> it's all about them so how would you say is the best way to go about training the people in your business to do everything in your business how would you go about that yeah okay. yeah well um, th this is definitely something that uh, that McDonald's had nailed completely um, if I say that there's only one way to cook french fries in a McDonald's and it's the right way and there's only actually one way to do everything in a McDonald's, and it's the right way. And when you bring, when you bring in a spotty 16-year-old who wouldn't tidy their room at home, it's actually then very easy to get them to follow the one right way. Because everybody, it's not John's way and Heather's way and Judith's way and Marianne's way, it's McDonald's way of doing things in the business so everybody that comes in uh, you know this new newbie can come in be taught how to do fries and you know within a day two days at the most they're already taking ownership for it because they know exactly how to do it they know what's expected of them they can't do it wrong they because can't they do know it the wrong exact because way of doing and, it. and also because every if any anybody that passes them sees them doing anything they know what the right way is so they can say oh no you need to shake the fries, or you need to get into McDonald's <laughs> here. But it, but it's the same. It, it is. It's the same in in any business. What, what often happens is that um, a business owner will start their their businesses, you know, on their own, and then they'll build a very small team. And at that point, everybody knows how to do everything because you've got a small team. Because you've got a small team, and yeah, absolutely. But as the team grows, and you you know, you get that sort of tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth person, and then it's then it becomes Heather's way, Judith's way, Marianne's way, rather than this is the way the we, do things. we do things. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you say to a company, what is the best way to go about hiring a manager? Do you want to do that one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, crikey, I, I mean, I don't have personal experience in that. So, um, but from, from what I've seen, it's about, I think for me, everything's about communication and connection. Yes. And what I loved about what Marianne was saying just there about training, is it's really important that people take ownership. And so I think if you are hiring a manager, you'd, you'd need someone who is able to take ownership, but also mm -hmm. to give people, empower people to take ownership themselves. And obviously with what I do with vocal confidence is having taking the ownership to feel like you have a voice so for me, obviously, it's about, well, if you've got a manager, then what do you need them to do? What are the results you need them to create for you? And communicating that clearly, but also what are they like as a communicator? Mm -hmm. How are they going to say, no, um, or, you know, we showed you how to do that. Actually, this is the way they do it. 
how are they going to communicate that to the team? Because that makes the number one thing I hear from people who are uncomfortable in their jobs or not liking their jobs is, oh God, you know what? I used to have a great manager, but I hate my new manager. Yeah. And that's normally about communication. Like actually last night, um, a friend I was talking to last night was saying exactly that, that you know, the, the new job's easier, it fits in better with her, her life balance, but she hates her manager because what a shame. her manager yeah. is just yeah. dum, 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 yeah. do this, do this, do this. So I think if you're looking to hire a manager, it's about how much awareness do they have of other people? What are their communication skills? Because if a manager can't communicate, and if a manager can't empower every member of the team to communicate and remember that everyone communicates differently, then the team's not going to work and then the manager's not going to mm. work. Um, I, I read a great stat, um, it was just last, last week, the week before, that said something like 55% of all people who leave their role leave because of a, a bad boss. And taking what Judas said a step further about communication and connection, it is, it's about values and about shared values and, and about properly um, walking the talk. So that lots of people have values and they stick, this, <laughs> they stick them up on a wall and they say they are our values and then nobody yeah. acts in any way following those, following and, those values. Yeah. And do they hire, and not just managers, yeah. you know, are you hiring? people Absolutely. who share your values. Yeah. You need all your different skill sets, I think but that's you need so people with yeah. values. Yeah. When hiring staff, I think everybody needs to understand your focus and your goals and actually what you as a company do. Yeah. Yes. And they need to be on board with that because if they if they don't see the same values and they want something completely different, yeah. then there's no point even them wasting their time working for you when they can go to a company yeah. that's right yeah. for them yeah. to start yeah. with. One of, the, one of the questions I love to ask is, if you had the chance how many of your current team would you rehire tomorrow? And I, I don't think I've ever had anybody say, well, well, all of them. <laughs> There's always, oh, well, John, oh, crikey. You know, yeah. John's <laughs> never been right from day one. Oh, right, how, how long has he been working for you? I'm glad we oh, don't have John anyway. He's <laughs> 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 not someone here. <laughs> well, it must be, must be here 12 years now, and he's never been right from day mm. one. And it's people... People That's are such a shame though, isn't it? Because oh, not only is it not right for the mad. company, not, right for the not only is it not right for the person themselves, it's not right yeah. for everybody because obviously yeah. there's going to be an unbalance of energy yes. and communication across the board yeah. if someone's not right in that position. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's also it's also what, what you were saying about um, you know the managers that are do this, do that. There's the other side of the managers who are too weak to do anything yeah. and they... They just, you know, they let certain members of their team maybe bully them or they let their bosses bully them and they're just, they're constantly trying to play the game and rather than be, you know. I'm aware of people who have been put into management positions just because I think they were at a company so long yeah. and they were very good at their own job that they needed to have some sort of progression. Yeah. And then a company, uh, this particular person I'm thinking about, gave them the next step on the ladder which happens all the time, doesn't it? But then yeah. the people underneath them had no respect for them because even though they were good for their job, they couldn't communicate. Yes. They didn't know how yeah. to bring worth to the other people underneath them and manage people yeah. and bring people on. And I think that's so important to not only yeah. do your own work and get everything done and make sure everyone's doing everything right as a manager, but actually to nurture the other yes. people and how can we all progress yeah. and how can everybody in the company better? Yeah. It, and it to make it clear too, I just did a corporate workshop 
the other day and the MD uh, was in because it was the first workshop I'd done for the company. And they're a small company, I think there's probably 40 or 50 people there and there were 18 of them at the workshop. So, and what was, and obviously it was a communication and presentations, public speaking skills workshop because that's what I do. But his thing is A, like he loves all of his staff. He's like, he loves all of his people, which is great, so he, he invests in them. But B, he was there at the workshop, and at one point in the workshop he said, he was just really open, and he said, you know what, sometimes I wonder how on earth I became an MD of a company. Like, he goes, <laughs> and I've, he goes, and I've been here 20 years. that's a shame, that's that like <laughs> imposter syndrome, isn't <laughs> it, when people he's don't think they're worth the role. He's been in that position 20 years, but he's like, sometimes, you know, obviously not all the time, he's like, sometimes I sit down and go, how did I end up here? Yeah. And then to have that openness in front of your staff when you're the MD of a company, just you could see them, they have so much respect yes. for him, yeah. probably yeah. because he is open. Unfortunately what happens is often people don't share their vulnerabilities or they've been put in a management position and they're like, oh now I have to know everything and now yes. I can't say I don't know or yes. I need help. Yeah. Um, I That's talk about so true. leaders who have had a life event happen. Mm. And often, I mean, that, often that can be challenging. It can be um, a personal separation or a business partner leaves or you're left in the left. But it can also be, like you were just talking about, it could be a promotion. Mm. And you're suddenly in this position going, uh, what am I doing? I've got to, yeah. oh crikey, now I've got to not just maybe speak at conference or um, deliver presentations to the board. But I've also got to stand up in front of my team, people who maybe mm. earlier I worked with and now I'm managing. Yeah. How do you do yeah. that? I think and that's where training comes in, yeah, doesn't well it? Yeah, well, at, at, a, at a, a completely different level in a, in a very small business, I, I'm running a manager's development program at the minute, and there's this one guy on it, Ricky. I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning his name. I'm sure he won't mind Ricky me mentioning his name. Ricky is not John. <laughs> no, okay. no, 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 Ricky is, Ricky's a really good guy. But he's a... Um, he works for a car parking, a car park company, and you know the, their job is to go around and give tickets. And he was one of the guys going around and giving tickets. And then he got promoted to manage the guys going around giving tickets. Um, and in the you know in our, in our first session together, we you know we were we were talking about that, and he said well, they just they just won't respect me. They won't do what I they won't do what I tell them to do. And <laughs> I, I keep telling them they won't follow instructions. They won't follow my orders. And all of his language was about orders and instructions and I'm yeah. telling them and, and and I just you know we talked about values and we talked about say, did leadership you give him some and we tips talked on how about to get people to respect him yeah then? yeah we and we we talked about you know changing his language and we talked about you know it's about the team and he came came along to the second session and I said so right everybody you know one one win and one learn you know the the, the usual usual thing and he was Honestly, it was on. It was a Zoom call, and I, but I could practically see his little chest pumped out. That he'd gone, he'd gone back to see me. He said, I, I, "I took on board what you said, and, you know, and I thought about you know what I would have wanted." And he said, "I said to them, right, this is what we're going to to achieve this this week. These are what our targets are. Let's see what we can do." And he said, "And they achieved them." And it yeah. was just everybody I knew. felt absolutely fantastic. He felt brilliant. But everybody knew everybody, what was expected yeah. of them. And it was there together. together as a team. Um, and, and I did say to him, because he said, that, he said there's, still, there's still one guy who will say things like, oh, do that, Ricky won't mind. And I said, just, just 
take him to one side. I said, go and take him for a coffee and sit down <laughs> and say, look, this, this isn't helping the team. Yeah. It's not helping you. It's certainly not helping me. As you know, I'm in this position now. We need to work together. Mm. Uh, you know, it's only going to end one way. If you carry on like this, I'm going to have to do something about it and just actually have the, the yeah. adult to adult conversation. for non-confrontational feedback though? Because some people are very defensive and they won't listen. You try and approach them in a nice, calm manner and they straight away get on the defensive yeah. and don't want to hear what you're actually to going to fair, say. To be fair though, it usually comes from the person who's about to give the feedback. Yeah. They're expecting confrontation and they go at it uh, to me, defensively yeah. and yeah, yeah. Feedbacks, feedback should always be inspirational and motivational because the goal of feedback is always to improve something. It's not to make somebody feel like crap. It's to improve. Yeah. And also, they, I think, yeah, yeah. To, to improve, but also to take ownership. So if you've got a challenging situation with someone or you're not getting the results you want, then going in with that defensiveness, expecting the other person to be defensive is a challenge. But if you take ownership of it and say, you know, I'm not sure if I explained myself clearly or, um, okay, so we're not getting the results that we want here. Everyone knows that the team's not working. I was wondering if you had any ideas. So if you give them the power, then also not only are you getting potentially other ideas that may help create the solution, but it's also disseminating that thing of, oh God, I'm in a meeting with the manager, I'm gonna be in for a right rollicking here. Yeah, because thinking outside the box, so many people could bring something else to the table and actually Absolutely. let's let's do things yeah. in a different yeah. way so that everybody's happy going to work. Yeah. 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 And, and this is where idea sharing is so important in team meetings. The number of people I work with mm. who their big thing is that they don't feel confident speaking up in team meetings. They won't raise their hand and share their ideas, their thoughts or their yeah. opinions. Most people, any kind of speaking in public, which a team meeting is, it, the fear is about fear of judgment. Oh, I, people are going to think it's a rubbish idea. People, so a lot of people. How would you then, apart from going having vocal coaching with somebody like yeah. yourself, if everybody's not in a position to actually do that right away, or they need to wait to get on a course and things like that, what would you say to do for now? Would you say one-on-ones and have regular one-on-ones where people know it's going to be on a specific day and we're going to do it regularly? So if you've got an idea in the meantime, you're going to be able to convey your idea at that point. Yeah, yeah. Or, or for the managers to make sure that at meetings, they're not dominated by the people who always jump in. Yeah. So that, that's part of your role as a manager mm. is to actually go to those people who you know aren't speaking up in team meetings and either go to them before and say, have you got any ideas on this? So that you know if you're aware that maybe they, they just, they feel a little intimidated in that situation. So find out individually or in the meeting, make sure that it is an area where everyone gets a say and again, as the manager, to stop those people who, like me, when someone sparks an idea, <laughs> they go, oh, yes, because blah, 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 blah. And me. Yeah. <laughs> and me. We're probably all guilty here, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. those people, so us, um, we actually inadvertently shut those people down yeah, that's so who true. aren't so confident about speaking. Mm. And they might and have a fantastic yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think as well, though, with the, with the, with the, feed, with the feedback side, um, when you remember that there, there should only ever be two types of feedback, appreciative feedback where you're saying, well done, you did a great job, keep doing that, and constructive feedback where you're going, that wasn't quite right. This is how we can uh, improve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, 
and, and you know, because what people tend to do is go in with the negative, or how many times do people just give no feedback at all? And they'll, you know, they'll say, he knew I was, he knew I was angry. How? No. How did he know? <laughs> is he a mind reader? And it's just that, just giving no feedback at all, mm. just sort of sending somebody to Coventry, which where nobody yeah. wants to go. Um, <laughs> everyone in Coventry just people still up. use that expression, <laughs> sending somebody to Coventry. It's such a bizarre one. Anyway, um, but it is that, it, it's, it is. What did Coventry do wrong? Yeah, I don't, I don't, know. Know. I don't know. know. It wasn't like Hartlepool, they had a monkey or something. Um, but the on the meeting on the meeting side, yeah. that um, uh, getting everybody to sort of um, contribute by making sure that every meeting they have they know that they're coming and they have to say like that you know yeah what's one win from the week what's one learn and what are you struggling with or something along those lines yeah. and then everybody everybody feels that they have to say something but it's about that culture isn't it it's about that culture of um, feeling that you can contribute, feeling it's that you can talk to your manager. Absolutely. And, and when what you just said, Marianne, is, is so key about, oh, but they knew I wasn't happy <laughs> with that. Everyone has... Communication is key. Yeah. yeah. And But everyone has a different perspective. So yeah. we all see the same thing from a different angle. Yeah. So from the window out there and the window out here, there's the same city, but we don't know that if this is my view. And yeah. if you think other people know what you're thinking, they don't. Mm. We don't know what's going on with people at home. We don't know what they're dealing with. We don't know if someone is snappy and short and like, oh yeah, fine. And whether that's in an email, because there's a lot of text communication, which is challenging because you can't read tone. Oh, so you, very, very yeah, yeah, You put the tone. causes so many problems. Yeah, you put the tone of the mood you're in on that email and you also put the tone of the last time you spoke to that person. And so, we don't know what's going yeah. on. So unless, like Marianne says, yeah. you know, unless you're clear in your communication, yeah. unless you give that feedback, yeah. then I, how on earth are people supposed absolutely. to Absolutely. I have not yet been into a, a business where we've talked to the team, individually got their um, views on what's working, what isn't, that, that communication hasn't been a problem. Communication is always the problem. People don't know what's expected of them. People don't know... Uh, whether they're doing a good job or a bad job. Mm. You know, you, you'll say to them, so how do you know when you're doing a good job? Well, nobody's shouted at me, so I must be doing <laughs> something, right? It's I got a bonus. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, it, a lot of it is, is about communication. And personality types. Mm. Like, there's so many different personality typing models out there, and I'm not an expert in any of them. But if you're aware that someone is, say, for example, a D in DISC, which is a driver, so they're those people who are task orientated and they want something done, and they're probably going to tell you to do something. They're probably us as well. Instruct you to do something. <laughs> um, I, can, I can step into my D. Um, but, and you've got someone who's on the diagonal opposite, who's a sensitive, who likes to create a caring atmosphere and a caring environment and likes to take time over something and to feel valued. If you've got a D saying to an S, yeah, great, um, but have you got it done? They'll be sat there going, oh, God, I, I offended them. Did I, did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? And the D's not thinking that at all. They're just thinking, is the job done yet? Is it done? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's so... Yeah. Well, it's, it's like a Yorkshireman talking to a southerner. That's what it's like. That's <laughs> really... I'm noticed. working with a Yorkshireman at the moment, and he, has, he, he does in a, in a company based in the south, and he says, to him, he says a lot, well, it's because it's I'm a Yorkshireman, and they're just, you know... 
but of course we do have quite a northern way don't we that we like things done and it just needs to be done yeah exactly it's quite, yeah. A, it's no, quite so, a so having way. that awareness of half the time it's not you there's training that i did with a company and they have an amazing phrase uh, called natural success and they, they have a great phrase where it's it's not personal it's structural yeah completely so mm. it's it's not you it's either the structures you've or the systems yeah. that you have built or not built in your life which create those problems or it's the structure of the company it's the structure but it's it's so rarely personal yeah. uh, that that's why do, just do, business do, isn't you, business isn't yeah. personal business is business <laughs> but that when you mention again about systems and and um, people get there's, there's such a, so many myths around systems about how they are you know, restrictive. That they they stop creativity. They, um, you know, they they're a luxury. I had somebody say to me, "They're a luxury." I'll 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 put systems in when I'm ma making more money, uh, right? How does that work? But um, but systems actually are the foundation that everybody understands. You know, that the fact that McDonald's have a system for absolutely everything, and everybody knows what each system is, or they can learn each system, it makes. It makes things so much it's clearer. Good to know what there's no confusion. Of you, isn't yes, it? there's there's no confusion about about the standard expected. There's no confusion about the steps that should be followed. It makes things really simple and straightforward. And systems make things easier for managers, though, don't they? Because then, if they can say to their team, "This is what I expect of you: A, yeah. B, C, D. This is how it's done, and yes. this is what needs to be done. Yeah. Anything else? Speak to me about it, and we'll yeah. go from there." And then it frees the manager to get on with managing rather than. You know, so many managers and, and firefighting. I, yeah, well, I have to say, micromanaging. I, when everything. I first started as a manager, I, I was, <laughs> I joined, and within twelve months, I was managing this million-pound restaurant. And I'd love to say it was because I was such a brilliant manager, but it was actually because I'd learned the systems and I'd learned the way it worked. But I found myself on a Saturday, I was on grill. I wasn't managing. I was like mucking in because. That's what I thought was a, would made a good manager at the time. So, what do and you think makes a good manager? Well, ideally, somebody who can stand back and look and see what is going on, and you is able and to delegate. Yeah, is able to use their resources well. And I, the absolute key for me, and this is where leadership manager for me is is one and the same. They have to be able to help other people to fulfil their true potential. That's so important. You know, to see to to talk to people as individuals, to know that they've got a cat or they've got a baby or they've got a you know that they, 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 to know them not to see them as a number or as um, as just an employee we're not on a production line no, with people and no. I think that's so important it, yeah for something we spend so much of our time doing we work day in day yeah. out and when it's such a large part of our life I think it's so important yeah. Yeah. that yeah. we make sure it's, yeah. it's okay for everybody yeah. in fact Marianne when you just said that there was a consultant I worked with I did some one-on-one -on -one work with a consultant and it's different for consultants because they're going into a company so the team isn't theirs, but they're given mm. the team, and it's often because something's not working. They're going in to fix to a problem. Fix a problem. Yes. Yeah. But this consultant, she, in fact, I've worked with two of them who had the same problem, one male, one female. Uh, but she said to me, she goes, she said, I just I hate small talk. She goes, I hate small talk in, in life. She goes, and I've got no time for it in business. I'm there. <laughs> she was a, a serious D. You know, <laughs> I'm there to get the job done. D for dinosaur. D for very direct. Um, and and she she was like, what's the point of small talk? I don't you know I don't care if they've got two kids. I was like, but if you know 
the reason why they're coming in at nine and leaving at five that week, like every day, and that's winding you up because you need the team to do a bit more work than that. You mm -hmm. need to do more than their structured hours. If you know that they've got two kids and actually um, one of them is ill at the moment, then you have an understanding of why they're leaving early or if they're, you know, getting, they're doing the time that they need to do. If you don't know that, then you're going to be frustrated with them because you think they're not putting the work in. Mm. So that yes. the, no, that's so, that's so true. The, the the best boss I ever had, he was he was the chief exec for a while at, at McDonald's, and he, crikey, how many restaurants were there at the time? I don't know, eight hundred and something, and he knew every manager's name, the name of their other half if they were permanent. Changing their other half, not so good. <laughs> but but he knew things about, every, so so he'd be going to a restaurant and the manager would be going, well he's never going to remember me, and he'd walk in and, mm. Bob, how are you doing, Makes how's Judith, it? last time we talked she had a, uh, she was having an operation, is, yeah. is she, how's she doing, and it, honestly people would have walked through fire for that man, and he was a hard taskmaster, I mean he really, you know, he, he wanted his pound of flesh mm. and he wanted people to work hard and play hard, but the fact that he took the time and, um, well, brain energy, I guess, I don't know what you call it, to remember yeah. the personal stuff about Even if he had notes in his them. car before he went in, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't who really, who yeah. cares? Because yeah. what he's showing is he knows that stuff. Because yeah. it doesn't matter if you've got a whole... That's a good, that's a good tip, actually. I was going to ask yeah. you a tip, <laughs> but that's a good tip. Yeah, well, have, if, you, if, you're managing, if you're managing a lot of people, yeah. make notes. Yeah. You know, know who they are. I do that with, when, when clients call the first time ever, I make a couple of notes. I make yeah. And when they call back and I say, oh, so how did that go with that? They're like, oh, you remember? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's my, my, my job. Actually, it's dead easy. I've got a note here. Yeah. <laughs> what are your other tips then? So get a notebook, let's make some notes. There's, there's tip number one. What are your other tips for being a good manager? Ask questions. Ask questions. Ask questions. Yeah. The, the, I, I, I think there are three big things that every employee wants. One is communication that we've talked a lot about, definitely. The next is to know what's expected of them yeah. and what's standard. And the third one for me is to be valued as a, as a person, not just as um, somebody on the payroll, not just as mm. an employee. Um, and that, that McDonald's always, always taught me to train the employee and develop the individual. And whatever that development needs, you're to be the mentor, to be Yoda. Uh, whenever I think mentor, I always see a little picture of Yoda, <laughs> um, because it is. It's that. It's that you want. If you're going to help people to fulfil their ambition, which may be beyond your mm -hmm. your business, it may be you know they want to be part of a film crew or a makeup artist or. You're um, not having my makeup oh. artist. <laughs> <laughs> you're not having him. We're not, we're not giving Antonio up here. <laughs> Antonio is wonderful. <laughs> Look what he even did this to me. <laughs> um, no, but if, but if you you know if you want to, if you, I, I think if you want to be a great manager, it's it's got to be about the people that you're managing. It's got to be yeah. about getting the best out of them and making them feel that they did it themselves. Mm. It's all about developing people, isn't it? It is. And if you're again, it's that asking questions. Ask them what they need. Ask them what they want. Mm. Ask them what's missing. Ask that you know questions yeah. like, so if this was the ideal job for you, what would we have? And you might be surprised because, and also um, 
a key thing that I was going to say earlier, and thankfully, well, I've forgotten, has thankfully come back to me now, because uh, I think it is a really integral part of specifically being a manager, is coming back to values, knowing what's important to each of the individuals that you're working with. Yeah, completely. Because yeah. if you know what's important to them, then you are more likely to know what they need to get the best out of them. But also find out what motivates them, because a lot of people will automatically think that money motivates. Yes. But some people are, but most people are more motivated by something else. For most people, there's, I always, I call it higher purpose. Yep. So connecting to your higher purpose. We all need money. Money is not evil. Money is good. The more money you have, the more you can give to charity or set up foundations or whatever it is. But most people are motivated by something more than mm. that. And if you can find out what it is that motivates each individual, and, and yeah, and even you know, even the guy you, you know, you said money does um, motivate some mm. people. Even the guy who actually lives for Friday and going down the pub and uh, you know having a drink with his mates, he doesn't want to come to work and be bored. He doesn't yeah. want to come to work and you know just be dreading and you know every single day and just it being a yeah. complete feeling. It's a complete waste of his time. He still wants to Some be challenged are in that and valued. Mindset, and though, though, aren't mm, they? They actually yeah. think, oh, I've got to be this way because this is how it's always been. And I think this is where companies yeah. can actually do more, can't yeah, they? They can get trainers yeah. in, they can get different mm. confidence coaches in. You can do more with your staff to actually say, no, hold on, how can we be part of a bigger picture? What can we do for yeah. everybody involved? Yeah. 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 Especially in these times, I think people, you do have the people that are only money motivated and you can't forget that they do exist because they yeah, do. of course they do. They do. But, so but what do they want the money for? What do they want the money for? Do they want the money because they want 10 pints, not 9 pints a <laughs> pint? Or do they want the money because they want to be able to go away on holiday? Or do they want it because yeah. they want a bigger TV? Or they, There's always a reason that they want the money. Yeah. Um, Unless they're what's-his-face burns from The Simpsons and they want to sit there and count their money. <laughs> uh, I don't know, because yeah. some people have had it drilled into them since being children that you need a good job and you need to earn money and sometimes yes, it's through yeah. it's through things that have been conditioned in them all yeah. their life that they yeah, want a absolutely. good amount of money and that's and maybe they want to be a drummer is. in a band really yeah. maybe they want to but be maybe a they scuba earn, diving instructor yeah, but maybe they want to earn as much money as possible because they want to be able to buy the drum kit or they and, and it's a, or, quit, about, or, quit or quit work yeah or quit work leave <laughs> So both you ladies have both launched books recently. I've got Marianne's here in my hand, Simple, Logical, Repeatable. Can you tell me about your book, please? Yeah, of course. Um, it's, it's based largely on what I learned at, at McDonald's um, over too many years. I'm not going to mention on this show, certainly. <laughs> um, and, but also um, what I've learned from small businesses since I left McDonald's, which is, which is a, a massive amount. Um, it certainly wasn't a learning curve. It was more of a vertical line. Um, but from all of that, I, I created something that I called the McFreedom System, um, which, which basically helps a bus any business that, that wants to scale or grow to build the four, as I see them, really crucial fundamental systems in their business, the four foundation systems. And that's your planning system, your customer experience system or, or process, your um, people systems, your hiring and your training, and then your performance management system, both performance managing of people, crucially, uh, but also performance management of your, of your business. And it, it's just getting those systems in place actually then gives you the launch pad to, to fly from. So yeah, it's, it's, it's the McFreedom system. 
all about systems and putting them in place. It's brilliant. Simple, and logical, repeating. Tell yeah. me about your book as well. You've just got a new book coming out. I do, and I'm, I'm going to get the actual physical copy in my hands at the end of this week because it's super exciting, but it's why you can't I've got an e-copy. I've got an e-copy. You've got an e-copy, you do. So it's called Stop Shoulding, Start Wanting. And some people are like, shoulding's not a word, Judith. But it's that thing where you live your life going, oh, I should do this, I should do that, I should do that, I should do that. I've managed to start it and I found that really interesting because actually I got from that, the bit that I've read, if you're saying to yourself, I should be doing something, you're actually finding out what you don't Don't want want to to do. do. Yeah, often. It's great. And I have to, or I need to, or I ought. It'll help you prioritise though, if you think about what it is that you need to do and what you should do that you don't really want to do. Because that comes with uh, a sense of duty or obligation, Mm. if you're feeling obliged. And that's heavy and that's difficult. And so it's, it's an introduction to coaching, basically. And it takes through, it's experiential, so there are exercises in there. And it's figuring out either whether you can change that should into a want. So if it is absolutely, you really have to do it, then how can you do it with a better energy? How can you make yourself want to do it? And one of the examples I use is there was a, an elderly neighbor of my, well, she was a friend of my grandmother's. Uh, and she was in a nursing home, and I'm like, oh, I really should go and see Elsie. Oh, I don't want to. But then I go, well, actually, if I was her age, she was like 90 years old, had no children, her husband had been died dead 30 years, all her only family lived up in Scotland. It's like, if that was me, I'd want people to come and see me. Yeah, completely. Actually, I want to go. So you can change your should to a want if you change your mindset around it, or find out you know, actually, I really don't want that in my life anymore, and ditch it. Um, or accept that you're going to have it hanging around there for a moment and you'll deal with it later. So some people have said to me, you know, but that's great, it's a coaching book, but how's that about voice? And because obviously that's the main part of what I do. And for me, the way it's connected to your voice is if you know what you want, then it's much easier to be able to express that. If you're not sure what you want, if you're doing something because you're obliged, and you probably don't want to talk yeah. about it. You don't want to express yourself. So, yeah, stop shoulding, start stop wanting. wanting. Brilliant. Excellent. If you head over to www.mediasoundwave.co.uk, you will find photographs of these lovely ladies in the Meet the Experts section, where you'll be able to find links to all their work, where they are on social media, and more information about their, their books that have just come out. Whilst you're there, if you haven't yet hit the subscribe button, make sure you do and you won't miss future episodes of our show. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thanks to all the crew. Thanks to you ladies for being involved. And we'll see you again here soon in Manchester on Media Soundwave.